Welcome to 21st Century Saints, a podcast and livestream series for those affiliated with or adjacent to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in the UK and around the world. We hope you enjoy this week's episode. and welcome to 21st Century Saints. I'm your host, Alana Wilson-Brice, and this is my co-host, Jane Christie. Today is Sunday the 9th of May, 2021, and today's episode is a Mother's Day special. Excellent. Um, So, Alana, this is a Mother's Day special, um, but it's not Mother's Day in the UK. It is not. It is not. So we're going to talk a little bit about Mother's Day and um, yeah, just I am, I have lots of thoughts um, on this that I kind of wanted to share with you all. I'm just going to make sure that we can. Okay, so uh, what I wanted to do before we get before we get really kicked off is if we can just invite you all, if you have anything that you want to ask about, jump into the chat. So on YouTube or on Facebook, the chat. We've already got um, some shout outs for all the mothers out there. So hey to all the mothers. But yeah, it's not Mother's Day in the UK. Um, so I'm using Alana. We've already done Mother's Day. We have. We've already had it. And so it should be no big deal that some other country is celebrating Mother's Day. Um <laughs> and we mean it as wonderful, but you know I have big feelings about Mother's Day, right? Absolutely. I know it's a day that you, you don't look forward to. Yeah. Especially going to church on Mother's Day is a big thing for you. Yeah. It's it's really church Mother's Day that I struggle with because you know I I um and I think my mother is probably watching this so I just want to give a big shout out to my mother um I yeah it's not Mother's Day itself like I think it's it's quite lovely when your kids go to some effort and send in a little card and stuff like that it's it's super cute but um yeah church Mother's Day yeah I. I, I struggle with. Um, so do you want to talk a little bit more about that? Or do you want to start from somebody else? Yeah, well, yeah, I, I guess I guess the gist of it is, I, like, I go to church for Jesus. <laughs> and that's kind of what I'm hoping for a little bit. Except I feel like the most terrible person in the world because when I when I talk about how it it's a bit painful, um, even with other women, um, a lot of the time they just don't don't really seem to <laughs> seem to get it like some even the some of the sacrament talks that have been cuz they're all mothers day talks on sacrament mm-hmm. in yep. sacrament right um and it's you know it's lovely we we're talking about we're talking about motherhood and the difference mothers make in the world and um our angel mothers and before you know it there's this motherhood pedestal and yeah. we're going to talk about some of the mixed feelings that we yeah. have. About and, and I guess, you know, while you're talking about that, you know, I have to get to thinking that that's not everyone's experience of having a mother right. or being a mother. 
Um, mm. You know, and, and I think like, I, I would probably say that I'm one of these people who was quite naive to that. Like, I just thought it's Mother's Day. It's wonderful. Let's praise mothers. Our mothers do a great job. Yeah, they raise us. Yeah. And then I met Jane. And I kind of... <laughs> And I mean that in the nicest way. Yeah, um, I just mean like, on I, it made like me stop. Yeah, it made me stop and think that not everybody's idea of how they were raised by their mother, or even their experience of being a mother, is that pedestal that that we feel mothers ought to be on. And and I guess it really made me stop and think a little bit about that. Yeah, I, I'm actually. Oh, it's so sweet. My my mother. Um, doesn't really know how to work Facebook super well so um, I'm just letting her know how to access it um yeah it, you know people she's absolutely adorable um okay I, I think what we'll do if we if we dial it back a bit because I think I think her are uniquely British, our Britishness means that we do Mother's Day differently, or or, or it, it has a sort of different um, genesis. It came about in a different way. So I, welcome to class. We're going to do a little a little history lesson. And this is and absolutely educational for me too, because when Jane said to me that British Mother's Day and American Mother's Day are different, I was like, oh, I did not know that. Different. They are totally different days um, that, that actually have originally totally different purposes. So I am going to quote from I'm gonna I'm gonna quote from the, the British newspaper archive has got lots of if you if you're in the church and you love your family history or you love your your historical research, um all of the the newspapers are on a centralized source now so i think i think we can go like up to mid 40s um at the moment and uh, and it's all online to 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 study so we can see how it, it, it was studied um so here's some information from from that page um while mothering sundays is now commonly combined and celebrated with the secular holiday of mother's day in the united kingdom and ireland its origin ready is religious in nature and separate from that of American mothers. Starting in the 1700s, individuals would attend a special service on the fourth Sunday of Lent. So that's why it changes every day, uh, sorry, every every year here. Um, so it's the fourth Sunday of Lent and people would go to their mother church so that's the church that you were baptized and everyone is baptized every you get everyone's baptized here right you're catholic protestant whatever but you go you go back to your mother church because you know people had to work away people were working in service and you're working in different areas and on this day you would return to your mother church and it's also it's also an opportunity to see your actual mum which is quite nice too. Um, so this activity became known as a mothering. So that's why it's called Mothering Sunday. Um, it was a day off for domestic servants so they could visit their mother churches with their whole families, including their mothers. And historically, the time of year when working labour contracts would end would signal the return of labourers and domestic servants to their home parishes. 
mothering lines would fittingly fall on the Sunday following that. So it became commonplace to bring a gift to your little mum. And, uh, and in Scotland, uh, and I think the north of England as well, traditionally, um, it would be um, carlings. So they're, they're kind of, it, I, I think the clothing, maybe we've got to now is like something a pancake, like some kind of scone or something like that. Um, and yet, totally different from American Mother's Day. But around about between sort of like the 20s the 50s when mother's day became a thing um it, it's it's become the same right so we don't like we don't in scotland we don't all say let's go to let's go back to church it's mother's day as the day where we where we celebrate motherhood but it's just interesting to know that there is that difference are you fascinated by that did i educate you I'm muted, sorry. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <clears throat> I've got you back now. Um, just for a bit there, well, your, your I, picture I, was a bit mm -hmm. robotic and that was seemed to be back now. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. I could hear yeah. you fine. Guys, my fine. internet is, is um, my internet, it, I promise we are fixing these issues. <laughs> just hang tight. No, like me. we could, I could hear you so, absolutely fine. Oh, that's um, good. That's yeah. awesome. So yeah, so so that's the history of that's the history of Mother's Day, and I don't know. Um, we we do we we put mothers right up on pedestals. We not just in the church. This is not a oh, Mormon yeah, yeah, thing. But um, I, I don't know if there maybe there. Are, I don't know if there are many other churches that would have a whole day service that really is around motherhood I, don't, I mean it's not in the handbook we don't we don't have to do it but it just kind of works yep. out that way um we emphasize motherhood um we emphasize divine roles we emphasize all of the things that come with that prepare if you're not if you're not a mother you're preparing for motherhood or you're um teaching others about your motherhood experiences you know it's it's, it's very very intense mm -hmm. I mean, I guess, you know, when you think about that, you know, just obviously I know we're going to get into some stories, you know, I I often think of there's a woman within her ward who also finds it very painful, you know, because she lost a child. Oh, yes. <clears throat> you know, so there's that aspect of it as well as where it's sometimes that constant reminder that they no longer have their child with them. Mm. And it's wonderful um, just just to let the audience just a reminder for the audience that um <laughs> our, our dear alana still has allergies and you you have been an absolute an absolute hero um sorry i am just trying to my poor little mum um because we're going to be speaking about my my poor little mum <laughs> in a second who's so desperately trying to come on and support our support our daughter i'll just i'll just quickly send this link out okay there we go so yeah our, our alana still has still has allergies and you're battling away like a hero um but yeah i think this is the moment in in our conversation where it's it, it, it is going to get painful. um so I spoke to my mum before, before uh, we were preparing for this, so, it, so earlier today, um, just so that, that my mum would know that we were going to be talking about some, you know, some pretty painful things. 
and you know it's it's such a wonderful thing that you know whenever you're you know whenever you're speaking alana about the woman in the wards who her child um her, her child died what's really tough is that we really need to fix like we as members what we do is we start fixing her pain and so we reinforce the the doctrine of eternal families and we're gonna you know you're gonna be able to see your child again and that is so beautiful and reassuring um but also it's painful because you're right now and i i think we don't always let are not not just women but we we don't always let them have that space to just hurt so yeah um yeah, even even though there is incredible doctrine oh no it's uh, hey i was i was if i disappear yeah you know that I, just, I get a bit embarrassed sometimes <laughs> that everyone's seen me like <laughs> um i guess as well, well like on the other aspect you have the doctor oh. so yeah 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 sometimes i guess dash away it's just yeah i guess as well like i was just thinking you know not only the mothers who have lost children but you also have people who have never had the opportunity to experience motherhood as well and you know you, you presume well i'm not saying everyone but some people pr possibly presume that you know they maybe didn't want to be mothers or but there are some people who weren't able to have children or you know who have never been able to find yeah. a husband and have children so you know do we consider this as as we talk about motherhood on a Sunday that that there are people yeah. who could be hurting and sitting there and find it very painful to hear these talks of mm -hmm. how wonderful it is to be a mother and have children and when all they've ever mm -hmm. wanted is to have children but never had that chance. Well, we we do consider it, but in the same way as the grieving mother, um, we we want to we want to fix that. So we want to reinforce the the you know the 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 teaching the, the doctrine that we're all we're going to be married and we're going to have eternal children and the assumption is that every woman wants that and that's what we're built for and that's our well it is, it's our divine role right and so what i'd like to do because it can be such a beautiful teaching but it's complicated <laughs> my favorite phrase it's complicated so yeah what what i'm going to do is speak a little bit to that pain um if that's okay so yeah. sorry i was just reading some of the, the comments there yeah you're you're all absolutely and and please um please do please yeah. do share um and and join in the chat because so just to kind of backtrack a little bit, this has been a really <laughs> tough weekend for women. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and we're going to talk about some of those things that were really tough. So when we're talking about Mother's Day, this is not just about how we should celebrate Mother's Day or not, or how we should feel about Mother's Day, or digging into the complexity of that. The, we're gonna we're gonna pull in some some pretty major <laughs> issues that have, yeah. And so I'm speaking, and, and I know you are too, Alana, from that that place of pain. We we spent much of yesterday, um, all of last night, just mourning, um, yep. mourning our feelings. So, for so for me, um, a, a little bit about my my bio is that um, I I didn't live with my mother 
when when I was a child. So I have divorced parents. Um, I didn't live with my dad either, although kind of technically I did. Um, and it wasn't one of those charming, amicable um, divorces. My mum had sort of remarried and and has her family and you know as far as i could see it was like the dream that's what you want you know you've got a a mum and a dad and you know and and i have a half brother um wonderful wonderful but i didn't get to live with them and so i'm being raised by my dad's aunts so they they were always old to me and i want to honor that the fact that they would raise me and my brother um really selflessly the fact that they were willing to do that they had no children of their own they were unmarried so these two um oh i mean the the most scottish quirky characters that you could get these these were these were interesting women and uh, yeah and so they did that for me but also um they 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 um it, it was it was painful so i would and I, and I prepared my mum for, for sort of me talking about this because we we are so close. My mum and I are so close. Um, but we we didn't get to be together. And I know that my mum missed me. I know that I missed her. And we just, you know, we, we, we just sit with that because it's the way, it's the way things, the way things panned out. That's what our family looked like. Um, but when I was uh, a child, I remember like one of my earliest memories, um, and it happened so often, was sitting all dressed up because my mum was going to come and visit. And I mean, I would be sitting at the window from oh, so early in the morning because <laughs> this is the day, this is the day my mum is going to come. And... And when she did, it was wonderful. But my memories are not of the times when she came. It's the times when she didn't. And I don't think for one second that what was happening is my mum just wasn't showing up when her kids were expecting her to. I think that as a kid, I think I had I had expectations that my mum was going to come and see me. And that was kind of reinforced by my aunts who were like, well, you know, yes, she should be coming to see you. And I would sit at the window, sitting on the back of a seat. Um, and I would sit at the window for hours and I would refuse to believe she was coming. No one would tell me that she wasn't coming. And you know and there there was no one to sort of redirect my thoughts and so well if she didn't come today then I must have made a mistake so she'll come tomorrow and so I would I would sit for whole weekends at a time just just waiting waiting for my mum with absolute confidence that she was going to come and I never had a moment where I doubted her I knew she was there and I knew she wanted to see us and we wanted to see her so that was that is really informing a lot of my feelings as we as we talk today um about how painful this is um that feeling 
of looking for my mum. You you know, Alana, I have this still, I have this thing where um if I have to wait for someone, if there's an appointment yeah. and anyone is causes you stress and anxiety. Yeah. yeah. I've experienced I, I, that firsthand. <laughs> I oh I do you remember all oh, guys? I flipped my lid one day because Alana was late. I mean, I just I I oh, I, I went like a crazy person. Um, and obviously for me, I guess it was because I had never experienced you like that before. Like you were just mm. my best friend in the whole world. And and I knew you had your difficulties, but I had never experienced that. So, you know, and obviously I'm dealing with my own mental health and anxiety. So mm. I then start crying and then you're feeling terrible. And then, you know, it was just, yeah. it just became this vicious cycle. But, you know, at the end of it, we could still be friends because we realized it's just, our mental health it's just the way we are and yeah. um and you know we but... were hugging and yeah. you know and and this was all that this was all it sounds like so not a big deal but it was a big deal for like about an hour <laughs> and yeah and don't get me wrong I mean to be honest as you know I don't like to be late for things like I like oh, to be on time but just sometimes so things happen too, yeah. you know mm. but um, it's funny these these um these seemingly tiny experiences and they really affect us but what what something that is just so special to me and I, and I see so I, again my mum has said it's it's okay if um we you know we talk about this um so my mum's relationship with her mum was extremely problematic um and you know when when my when my mum had found that she was pregnant as a young girl um was was miscarrying and couldn't tell her oh, mom bless. and was in a position where I me mean, she she honestly she I mean she could have died she could have died and was oh. so fearful to tell her mom you know because her mom had made it perfectly clear that if if you if you were in that situation I would be violent towards you you know I would hurt you oh. and so you know the the young pregnant you know that young pregnant girl asking her mom a question like that um yeah, my my mum's joined us on chat and I just want everyone to know how wonderful she is. Oh, um, your mum's just said oh, you tell it as it happened, my darling. Yeah. So I, I and we I love you, Mary. She is so honest and she is just so you know open to being vulnerable and things. So that was that was my mother's experience of, of motherhood and um and so, she, you know, as a very young, young child, really a child, she, um, you know, recovers from that, marries my dad, has two children, of which I am the favourite and all this, um, and, uh, you know, and, and then, and then has to deal with processing incredible trauma in her own life, incredible trauma. She has to process being alone. She has to process what I would say is postnatal depression. I mean, you know, yeah. I think as women, we can recognize these things in each other now. Yeah. And there was nothing, nothing for her. And so when when uh, when my parents' marriage ended, I, I completely, you know, understood. It's, you know, I, I as a child, I just wished that the, the you know that hadn't happened but oh my goodness it was the right thing for my mum and then and I'm going to mention this but it seems I'm aware that, that I'm being you know really personal here but it's it's just 
I think it's important to frame what's happening this weekend. Um, and so Alana, again, who's just been with me during all of the rough times, is we, we have so much fun, but you know, when it's when it's the rough times and, and you're just there, I appreciate it. And my mum is just there and I appreciate it. And my, uh, so what would it be like three years ago now? And I just broke, I just, I just broke. Um, my my dad had just totally cut me out of his life for no reason and I and I didn't see that this was a pattern of behavior that had happened over my whole life until another family member mentioned this <laughs> and I mean when I say it broke me I mean it it wrecked me and so I remember speaking to my mum in the hours after I'm, I'm trying to process this, you know, I, I think I spoke to you straight away and the next day I called yep. my mum and I was explaining what had happened. And of course, mama bear comes out and my mum's my telling me how wonderful I am. Not criticising my dad, but just like, you well, yeah, yeah, that's... And I'm saying, mum, I didn't, I didn't see that this was who he was. I didn't even, you know, whenever, whenever you're a kid, normal is normal. And I yeah. took that adulthood. And um, and I, I don't get upset. I don't cry about things. <laughs> but this one's really tough. And I remember, remember saying to my mum, I know that when I was little and you were packing, knowing that you were going to leave, not just my dad, but you were having to make a choice to leave us. And I know how hard that must have been, but if you would have known that as a child that I was on your side, that if I could as an adult have stood in spirit at your elbow as you did that, as you got ready to leave, then I would tell you to go, mum. I would tell you to go. And the sound that my mum made when I said that to her, it was, it was a a wail and a mourning and a keening sound that came from her soul. And to have had that moment with my mum where I could be thankful that that's what she did for her, um, where we could stand as sisters as well as mother and daughter, I just, I just really, really appreciate her. Um, so... <laughs> I, I want to that. I'll do the crying for Jane. And and look, there's my mum <laughs> saying that she was an amateur wee girl who couldn't handle her life. I mean, I I don't know about that because you you know as being in the situation through the things that you you had experienced, um, you were far from. And I knew you were going to find it really tough to hear these these things. I, I spoke to my mum because I couldn't tell her that story to her face. I've never been able to. I thought if she knows that I, I, I can't look her in the eye and tell her that I was waiting for her and that she didn't come because I know it will hurt her so much. And I know that she would want to fix it. And I know how hard that must be. But I want to reemphasize that I am with you. I still support every choice that you have ever made and I love you so is it okay then if whenever I go to to church on Mother's Day and here's a pedestal for the mums and is it okay if it's complicated 
is it okay if when I think about motherhood, it hurts? And so then the focus becomes about me and about you, Alana, as the mothers that that we want to be, right? Or we're, we're, we're being encouraged to be. In, and that's wonderful. It's really, really good. But the one thing that all mothers and women have in common is Alana's speciality, right? The guilt. Oh, absolutely. That is my definite speciality. Yeah. When you work, you're guilty because you shouldn't be leaving them. But when you're not working, you feel like you're not providing enough. Alana is an independent parent, by the way, who just is this incredible example of motherhood. But again, <laughs> it, it it hurts and it's complicated and, and your kids are your whole world. But also, here's what, here is what I want. I'm talking about my mum as a two, sorry, three-dimensional, an actual, a, a human being with all of these experiences. Um, do you, I've only spoken about it as a mum. Now you're hearing about it as this, as this strong woman who had the courage to leave a, a toxic relationship and who did very, very hard things. Um, she, she is so, she is so powerful and she has no idea. She still has no idea. And so part of my job is to reflect that back to her and make damn sure she knows it. But we don't get to hear sacrament talks about, about them, not just the mother, the woman. When did you hurt? When did you have to go and rage cry in, in the bathroom? When did you, when, when, I was talking with a friend the other week about the time that I chucked everyone in my family at the house. I, I just, I had a very bad day. I told them all to get the hell out of my house and my kids, my husband took the kids and I, yeah, went into the shower and had a rage cry and um, I felt terrible, but I, I really wasn't doing very well within myself. They obediently left and, uh, and a couple of months later I would read and my youngest, he would have been like five. I was reading his schoolwork and, uh, and the story went... This weekend, mum told us all to get out of the house. My dad took us to McDonald's. We had a brilliant day. I love my dad. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding? And, you know, like if we're talking about the mothers who sacrifice to um, to raise their children, to do the laundry, to make sure they're they're clean and well and healthy, we don't talk about how postnatal depression hospitalised the the mothers in the room. Mm -hmm. We don't talk about how um, the real sacrifice no. that they had to make. See, I think I think Not when that you were talking about, what I mean. yeah, I think when you were talking about all that, they're like again, it gave me something to think about, and and I guess, <clears throat> you know, I was young at the time, so you know, I'm not going to carry that guilt. I'm not going to beat myself up for it. But you know, I remember thinking, you know, as I got a little bit older, like, how can any mother walk away from their children? Like, how it, it just because obviously from a young age, I've kind of been that. A kind of mother figure, you know. I've been around my nieces, my nephews. I've felt that love. I've always had a great love of children, and I guess I do remember feeling like, how could any mother, like, how could they even think about leaving their children? Like, I, I couldn't in my head process that, you know. And obviously, getting older and obviously hearing that experience there, that that sometimes we have to be mindful that sometimes we don't know the full story. You know, mm -hmm. here's your mum who's trying to figure out, do I stay? 
stay with my children and stay in this toxic relationship, which is going to cause even more and more damage to my children? Or do I make the really painful, painful choice, uh, here I go again, of having to walk out and leave my children? And as you told that story, like, I felt the pain that that must have mm -hmm. felt for your mum. Because um, I can only imagine as a mother myself, how difficult a choice. And I guess I now realise that, you know, I shouldn't have thought that way. And again, I don't I don't see it in the sense of, you know, how did you say that? I, I was young, I didn't really think of it. I wasn't a mother, you know, but to now realize that there are situations where people have no choice and they see it as the better and safer option for the children. And so I guess, again, people just have to be mindful of that before we look and judge people's situation. And later on when so, uh, you know, we'll we'll have an episode where you know we 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 go more in depth into our stories. But I don't think I can I... cope with this podcast tonight. <laughs> Your mum's coming. Oh, I'm like, here I go we, again. We've only just begun. It's, oh. Next is the angry part. We're going to get angry, but um, yeah, oh. my 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 marriage um broke down twice we we separated we've been together this year for 25 years Ooh. um yeah. but um yeah back in back in the day I also had to make the choice to leave my children and you know I, I guess what I'm saying is we don't get to honor the complexity and the and the pain some pain we can look at some appropriate approved pain yeah uh, but no, but when it comes to actually sitting in that space, so the the other the other aspect of motherhood that um and again I I'm just so thankful for the people who've sat with me in this space is being a mum with OCD. I'm really aware um that we have mothers who have had postnatal depression and you know childhood the the act of physically having a child but also the uh, process of you know, the biological imperative of, of motherhood, it, it, it changes our neurology. And, um, it, you know, I, I've wondered so many times if I, if I wasn't a mother, would I be more mentally healthy right now? Oh, absolutely, I would, right? So I have OCD. And um, all of those, so it manifests as intrusive thoughts. And all of those intrusive thoughts center around keeping the people I love safe. So, of course, that's your kids, right? Um, but those intrusive thoughts become, I'm going to kill my kid. I'm going to hurt my kid. What if I, what if I didn't, what if I didn't do this thing and it's killed, it's going to kill them? What you, it's all of these very morbid, dark fears. And you, you know, since we're doing this, since we're, since we're going for it in this episode, um, yeah here's here's the open heart stuff so I, I remember again it's the time when I was very very ill when when you know a few years ago when I just I just broke and I have so my my middle son has special needs and we're almost like the one person which is not healthy but he needed me and still does need, need but at that particular time he needed me so fully I had no identity out, out with that relationship um, and I remember trying so hard to get help because as, as, as societies, we, we, um, we, the point of societies is that we, we agree to, as, as a, as a community, we're going to, we're going to 
work together to look after our disabled, our vulnerable, um, and, and, and our elderly. And, and when I'm seeing this not happening, and uh, I, I remember, I remember Bathingham, and I remember, again, this is, I, I didn't know that this was OCD at the time, but I remember Bathingham, and I remember I couldn't wash his feet anymore, because as I thought about putting my hands on his head, and, and he's like, what, 17 at the time, 16, 17, thinking of putting my hand on his head, I thought I could drown him in the bath. And I remember recoiling because I thought, oh, we're such a burden to society that that would solve all of their problems. And then I was consumed with disgust because I was the mother who'd thought that. Um, what, what kind of mother thinks a thought like that, right? But again, we talked about that during my episode. I've been there. Mm. I've been there. I get it. And I'm pretty sure, you know, I think, you know, the way I carry my gut, like, I'm the only mother who's ever thought that. Like, who, like you say, what kind of mother thinks of killing their child or, you know, but I bet you if we'd put a poll out there, everyone at some point, maybe not everyone, but a lot of people could say they've had those thoughts before. Yeah, they're intrusive, dark thoughts, and they are very, very common. And we carry the burden of that around. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, and, you know, uh, it, it was such a freeing, um, you know, thing to 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 realise, okay, this is, this is how the chemicals of my mind are working. That makes sense to me. But I was terrified to go near him again because just in yeah. case what if you have ocd and um a, a depressive episode at the same time what if it all comes together in a perfect storm and mm -hmm. let's face it it has it has yeah. we've read about the women in the newspapers i'm so sorry guys we hadn't even put up a trigger warning for this yeah so I, I do apologize I, I didn't anticipate we were going to go down this road but um but yeah when you're so what does that mean then for your relationship going forward with a child if yeah. you See, I guess I just did one question. You may well have mm. kind of covered this and I've just not picked up on it. I guess I was thinking along the lines of, so you were saying, you know, you didn't know at the time it was OCD. So mm. were you just in complete disgust and horrified mm -hmm. at yourself for having that thought, you know, and did it change how you feel about that as time went on when you you realised that you had OCD, that you had a mental health condition? Did your, Did it change anything in your mind at that point when you figured out, you know, that's OCD. It wasn't fully me, you know. Just, just what were your thoughts on that? Having that as a diagnosis was incredibly freeing, simply because it then helps you address the guilt. I mean, it doesn't does not take it away. You, yeah, you still no, have absolutely. that. Um, but but to know that it's a normal. Okay, I'm saying normal. You, you know, in its context, it's a thing. It happens. Um, yeah. I, I remember talking to a bishop about it, and. Um, and I remember him shuddering as I told him that. Um, and because it is horrific and we don't talk, we don't talk about things like that, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, except here's the thing. I love the relationship I have with my son. I love being their mum. But also, I hate it. But also... I love it. And so any woman, I think, see if we go from, if, if I, I experienced miscarriage, early miscarriage. I, I, so I don't think, 
I don't understand how any woman can ever fully enjoy being pregnant again. I, I don't understand how any mother can, I don't know, just how do we not live in fear? Because my whole experience of motherhood is that I'm going to lose you. I am afraid. I am going to, is it, is it me? <laughs> is it someone, <laughs> someone else? Can I just pop into this story that the advice that um, my Relief Society president at the time had given me, even though I hadn't shared the extent of that story, um, just when you know we we're sort of talking about, yeah, things are just a bit intense just now. We have a lot of care needs, and I'm I'm feeling a bit you know a bit down. The advice was, have you thought about putting them in a home? This was like it's something... that easy, right? <laughs> you know me; I just call it as I see it. Like it's that easy. Let's just put my son in a home because I don't want to have to deal with him anymore. It's because, and also, it's too hard for you to even listen to. You, you don't, you don't, you're not able to sit in that space. You have to um, be uncomfortable. So, can't we just, can't we just? put you in a home and mm. and I remember just thinking I can't talk to you you, yeah. you can't you know yeah I remember I when you I told need... me that story and I was yeah. just horrified horrified you know like it's kind of like I guess have you not as a parent do you not think I've thought of what ways I can get help do you not think I've thought you know like and I guess this is where I go back to talking about church that we don't have trained leaders within the church and it's wrong because people say things with the you know i i, I can't remember who the city president is and obviously we don't mention names but you know is it really their fault i mean I, no. i've talked about this is it their fault because they're not trained to deal with situations mm -hmm. like this but at the same time in my mind i think you know you have common sense well i guess people say that not everyone has that but you know you, you have a heart you have to think to really and, and and i've said this before that is it okay to sometimes have a silence between when someone speaks and giving an answer to really process what would be helpful here and i've experienced that firsthand also where things have been said off the bat mm. without thinking and it's caused me more pain than helped me so sometimes we have to pause and think before well, we say things you know that's this is the framing part of what we're going to talk about before we come to the end of part because I'm angry, <laughs> just to make sure <laughs> that I, and I know I'm not the only one, fuming. I am in pain and it, it hurts. Because let me tell you what I need in that situation. Th this is what I need specifically. I'm not going to speak to the needs of other women. Some women need to um, detach from church. Some women need to rest. Some Medication. I, I needed medication. You know what I needed? I needed to hear you talking about Jesus. Can you pray? Could could we maybe do that? Like, I mean, you're you're in relief society or you're in a sacrament meeting. Can tell me about Jesus? Pour some Jesus on my soul, which is broken in pieces right now. Sorry, it's just the way you see it that makes me laugh. I'm not yeah. laughing at that. It's just like Jesus. Because... It's all about Jesus, well, and it is right. It should you be. Are my <laughs> You're my friend. I, we, you know, we. I have so many great friends, and I, and I've got a wonderful mother. My husband is incredible, and my kids are amazing. But you know what? Y'all can't fix this, and don't tie because you're 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 insulting my journey and you're insulting my grief. 
don't try to fix me. But you know what can help is is Jesus. I'm going to share a final thing just because I feel yep. like it's a, it's, nope, a absolutely. It, it, it's it's speaking to that gap that we need to leave. Um, when when Ronan um, he he self harms when my kid self harms. Um, and, and he had an experience of just complete breakdown and it lasted, I mean, this would last for about three weeks solid. And he would, I get trigger warning guys. He would bite himself and the blood was, you know, flowing and he is just in meltdown. It, it's, I've, I've taken him into my room so I can hold him in bed and we can just have that space together. And and he couldn't even bear me to touch. He was lashing out, he was hurting him. And I remember we're, we're in this room and I stand right here just looking over at him and thinking, I can't, I'm your mum. I should be able to at least comfort you. I should be able to at least hold your hand. I should be able to at least whisper, I love you. You can't hear a thing that is happening outside this meltdown that you're in right now. But Jesus does. He walked with you in that and he knows. And I felt that so clearly in that moment. I felt that that Jesus is the person who knows that thing. And, and it was more than that. It was that, that Jesus did that because he loves my son so much. He didn't. He could have known through the spirit. He could have, you know, he... he but he loved him so much that he was able to do that because I couldn't. And to know that someone was willing to do that for my kids, I don't think I... And this is why whenever someone came to my child, that's where I see the face of God. That's where I find Jesus. So it's okay if when I'm hurting and I'm in pain, can we talk about Jesus, please? And when we go to sacrament meeting on a Sunday, and it's lovely, I'm sure, for the people who find it lovely. But please, someone, will you hear this? It hurts so many of us. And if it doesn't hurt you, let me promise you, you know someone it hurts. It is so, so many of us. And so this is where we're going to come on to talking about another painful thing. So, you know, this weekend has, has really sucked. Um, our dear friend of the podcast, Peter, we're gonna be speaking to him later on, but we 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 had received the news that, um, that Peter has been invited to attend a, a church membership council. And so we're, we're thinking about our, our love for our friend and our appreciation for the work that he's done. Um, many of us are, are sort of saying, you know, well, we kind of thought it was on the cards. But then, uh, as, as Alan and I were sort of sitting, processing, I'm gonna, I'm gonna quote from the Salt Lake Tribune. This popped up on our timelines. In March, Fiona Givens, co-author with husband Terrell of The God Who Weeps, How Mormonism Makes Sense of Life, was invited to give a fireside to members in a Latter-day Saint young single adult ward in Harlem. More than 200 people signed on to the Givens presentation, um, according to someone who was there. Now that's a presentation I would have absolutely rocked up to because the work that Terrell and Fiona Givens do is exceptional. 
Gavin's shared her studies and research into Heavenly Mother. And can I just jump in here just to add that that's her job. That's that's what she does. Um, in fact, I'm going to interrupt here just Fiona that she um, that that she works for. Um, oh, I'm having a mind blank. Do you know what? I'll I'm just keeping in mind. Article, like I, I didn't when Jane told me this story, I didn't really know who Fiona Givens was. Um, Jane obviously gave me a bit of background. Yeah. Um, you know, so I understand that not everyone may know who we're talking about, but that's okay. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, she, she, I think she's most known in, in sort of um, maybe progressive Mormon circles, or if you're a, if you're a church reader, then then you know you you have you've probably seen their work. Um, so the God Who Weeps is is a really important one. So so Fiona um, is is engaged with the Maxwell Institute. Um, she's an incredible scholar and researcher and this is her job in this field so um fiona givens i'm going to quote again from the salt lake tribune um fiona givens shared her studies and research into heavenly mother okay you ready to hear this alana ready for how beautiful this is she shared oh. her studies and research into heavenly mother including multiple biblical accounts in which she believes a female deity is depicted as a pillar of light. She then made the connection that during the first vision, when Joseph Smith was visited by God the Father in Jesus Christ, he mentions, he first mentioned seeing a pillar of light. That shows that Heavenly Mother was also present during the first vision. Um, we, we have a witness who says that, that, that Gibbons concluded that. In answer to a question, Givens discussed whether God might be synonymous with the Holy Spirit. And in the past, the writer has addressed this possibility. Is she part of the Godhead? One assumes that she is. Givens Can I just take you back a minute? You said a word there sure. that, like, I'm clueless. <laughs> You'll find that I might ask for a little... Synonymous or something you said there? Yeah, so the same as, yeah. Right, okay. Yeah, so I just wanted to check that, just because yeah. there's probably more than just me out there right now that probably is like, I'm not sure. <laughs> no, please. I love it when you bring us back to basics and I really appreciate that you do that. So basically she's saying that when when we talk about when we talk about Heavenly Mother, is that the same thing as the Holy Spirit? And that's a really yep. interesting, really yep. interesting idea, right? Yep. Um so in this interview, um yeah, she says one assumes she is. So is she the Holy Spirit? The scriptural record is silent on this and so much else that we fall into the sticky quagmire of speculation. Now, that's the thing I really appreciate about Fiona Givens is she makes it quite clear when, when she's speculating, when these are her opinions and that um, the conclusions that she's presenting are conclusions that she presents as a result of her research and that it's, you know, it's you can do what you want with that. Okay. I'm going to quote again from the Tribune. And again, I want to shout out to the incredible work that Peggy Fletcher Stack has been doing in this area. This, um, this whole article was wonderful and we will link down to it in the show notes. After her recent remarks, several attendees complained. And now Givens is no longer employed by BYU's Maxwell Institute for Religious Scholarship and is turning down invitations to all speaking engagements. 
Givens declined to comment and though BYU spokeswoman Carrie Jenkins confirmed Givens departure she would not cite reasons why it's taking personal policies. Now I, I really want to re-emphasize this whole article talks about yeah thank you Debbie just has mentioned it's the Maxwell Institute um this whole article talks about <clears throat> and it is a groundbreaking article that brings together a lot of the ideas so I would encourage you to read it if you can but for the moment I'd like us to focus on on that news that broke right before Mother's Day on the eve of Mother's Day Sister Givens has lost her job in this area because she's spoken about Heavenly Mother and presented an idea and I'm just going to leave that for a second. Now, what really affects me is the fact, I don't think we can underline this enough, right? That's her actual job. That's what she does. That's what she's engaged at the Maxwell Institute to do. Um, the Givens have been a voice, uh, voices as a, you know, as a couple and as individuals of um, incredible, beautiful ideas. They do incredible amounts of podcasting. Um, they are researching. They are teaching. They are, they are doing such tremendous work that for, for this to happen, I don't understand. And women all over the world and in the church are devastated absolutely devastated about this um and i just wanted to speak to that um there there's another um thing that i'd like to share and i, I guess i I'm, I'm doing this to maybe drive home the broad subject of sort of what we're what we're talking about tonight, but I was really thankful that that several um, several friends um, have had shared an experience with me of a recent fireside, and one friend in particular, you know who you are. I just want to shout out and thank you for sharing this with with us. Um, one friend in particular has given me permission to to talk about this. Um, I, I feel like I, I, you know, I almost want to give a trigger warning because this is so painful. Um, so last weekend, um, Elton had given a fireside and I'm going to quote, um, the facts of, of what my friend has shared. She said, I was there at the women's meeting. It was a multi-stake. Um, meeting in Idaho Falls last weekend. On Saturday, they had a special women's meeting for all women 18 and older. Sister Renland spoke on having more faith. Then Elder Renland spoke. <coughs> he started off his talk by saying, I don't know why I felt prompted to this meeting for you sisters, but maybe one of you knows why. Then he says, I'm going to answer a question I received from a sister. 
I don't have a good relationship with my mother. Can I go to my heavenly mother? He paused, then said very directly, no. The whole of the rest of his talk was about how we have a heavenly father and we need to go to him through Jesus Christ only. Um, I, um, I guess I have probably just reached peak pain level here, but I feel like I want to really go on record um, in saying this. Um, I, I've, I've been super blessed um, to, to be in I've, I've really ble been blessed to be in a, in a church that has this beautiful doctrine. We have a heavenly mother, the doctrine is there. And I've spent so much of my life looking for my mother, waiting for my mother. When I found a church, that talked about Heavenly Mother, to hear my bishop, who would consistently just mention her over the years, it gave me life. And it, it spoke to this part of my soul that there is nothing else that can fill but Mother. Not just my, my earthly mother, who I love, but our Mother in Heaven. And I want to just really emphasise this. The pain of my heart, the pain of so many women's hearts this weekend. That if you will not allow us to speak or to talk about our Heavenly Mother, then you will hear us mourn. You will have to listen to our pain. Because we have a Heavenly Mother who doesn't need protected by you because she is Mother God. Um, Alana, would would you be okay to maybe share the the poem? Yep, I'll give it my best shot if my cough allows. Um, and just to just to sort of let everyone know that um, this is a poem from Sister Carolyn Pearson, who has helped us connect. Okay, so this is called a motherless house. I live in a motherless house, a broken home. How it happened, I cannot learn. When I had words enough to ask, where is my mother? No one seemed to know. And no one thought it strange that no one else knew either. I live in a motherless house. They are good to me here. But I find that no kindly patriarchal care eases the pain. I yearn for the day someone will look at me and say, you certainly do look like your mother. Apologies. 
I walk the rooms, search the closets, look for something that might have belonged to her. A letter, a dress, a chair. Would she not have left a note? <clears throat> I close my eyes and work to bring her back bring back her touch, her face. Surely there must have been a motherly embrace. I can call back for comfort. I live in a motherless house, motherless and without a trace. Who could have done this? Who would tear an unweaned infant from its mother's arms and clear the place of every souvenir? <clears throat> I live in a motherless house. I lie awake and listen, always for the word that never comes but might. I bury my face in something soft as a breast. I am a child crying for my mother in the night. We, um, first of all, thank you, Alana, for, for reading that. I know it was not only just emotionally difficult, but um, with, with your allergies, I know it was, it was uh, physically difficult too. So thank you for doing that. And especially thank you, Sister Carolyn Pearson, who has helped us to, um, as, as women in the church, to be able to hear the voice of a mother in heaven through her poetry and through her words and who has given us the voice, um, amplified our mourning and keening of, of, of looking for our mother. I shared the story earlier of, um, of waiting at the window for my mum, knowing that her hearing that for the first time would hurt, knowing that it causes my mother pain. And you know what? She's good with that pain. She, that, that's who she is. She, she is constant. And as much as we talk tonight about mothers on pedestals, her journey, her journey reminds me of the longing that I have had for my mother. I feel like I'm still in that motherless house. I feel like I'm still looking for my mother. The doctrine is there and the doctrine is simple. And it's so easy for us to be continually pointed back to read topic sassy about her. There is one there if you haven't read it. We'll link that in the show notes. The shortest of all the essays. We have this doctrine and we have a mother in heaven. Women are speaking about their mother in heaven because we long for her. And if our voices are silenced, then our pain will be amplified. Thank you, everyone, for working with us tonight. Thank you, everyone, for sitting with us in this space. Um, it has been a weekend of such pain. Um, and we just felt like we really needed to speak to that. 
Um, Alana, do you? I'm I'm going to leave any. Are, are you fit and able to to give us any final comments and lead us out? And you're on mute. Yeah, I guess. Um, just thinking back, you know, to growing up in the church. I don't remember specifically many folk talking about Heavenly Mother. So again, it's it's something that I've learned from you. Um, you know, I mean, I mean, I guess I've heard about her every once in a while. You know, I, I know she's supposed to exist, and I say supposed to because. You know, it's not something that I was generally taught growing up. Um, so I guess learning from you and realising the importance of a Heavenly Mother, I just can't for the life of me understand why we don't speak about her. Like, I mean, I said, obviously, you know, that I've heard the the common answer of, you know, she's too sacred. Um, I'm going to be pl pretty blunt here. I call BS on that. And and I apologise to anyone who's offended by that, but oh, that's just how how I call it. And um, and uh, you know, you read that article to me last night as we were sitting, and and it, it did affect me. But hearing it again tonight had a totally different effect on me. To that woman who did not have a relationship with her mother, can I reach out to my heavenly mother? No. That poor poor woman's experience of not having a, a reasonable earthly mother and we're being told no that we can't have a relationship with our heavenly mother shouldn't we know her too sister alana could could i jump in 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 your comments and just because i i want to, to speak to that for a second so in the chat if, if you guys are, are reading the chat i i think this really needs to be acknowledged um that my my mum has commented you know it's it's a pain that she carries throughout her life she she uses the phrase it's a pain she deserves to carry throughout her life um the one of the other aspects of of mother's day and pedestalizing it is that the reality is there are really sucky awful mothers out there um there are mothers who have put their children in danger, who have been abusive, all sorts of awful things. Motherhood is the thing that's being honoured. But I, I just wanted to speak to that, that no woman deserves to carry pain like that for motherhood. My mother didn't choose to not see her child. My mother longed for her child. Our Heavenly Mother and if we celebrate all of the aspects of motherhood that we hold daily, that we, that, you know, if, we, if let's, let's just say, um, I, I pitch up to sacrament on Mother's Day. If, if I give my, if, if I decide to put myself through that and I am going to take on board everything that's being taught about mothers and how sacred and what the ideal is, then let's 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 go with that so if that's who you're telling me our heavenly mother is if she is this example of strength and womanhood and self-sacrifice she is not an abusive mother she loves her children she wants to be with her children 
and we want to be with her and we cannot even speak about her. Now, I, I don't, I, I don't care. Um, and, and you know me, Lana, I, I don't get, I don't get mad. I don't get angry with, you know, really about pretty much anything. That, but, but this to forbid a child to speak to their mother is abuse. So my mom, I, 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 I cannot, because I know how motherhood works, I can't take that away from you. I wish I could. But you do not ever get to say you deserve to carry pain in my presence, okay? No. Because you Or are... mine. Or mine. <laughs> Absolutely. Because you're a mother. You're a real mother, a real woman who had real experiences, and I love you. Uh, Our yeah. heavenly mother. We're going to have to look in that we're going to have to look in her eyes. We're going to have to account for what didn't, didn't we even look for her? Did, didn't, can we even wait at the window for her? See, I, I imagine that this is just my own thoughts again. Like, I imagine, like, when you're talking about that pain, you know, I imagine her in pain. Um, you know, yes. and, and if, if she's up there being told, sorry, you can't have a relationship with your children on earth, I, 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 I'm horrified at that. Like, because that's how I see it. If 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 the church leaders here are telling us that we can't talk about her, that we can't get to know her, that we can't understand her, then in my eyes she's been told up there that she's not allowed to have the same relationship with us. Why, why do we have the right to get to know Jesus? Why do we have the right to get to know Heavenly Father? But we don't have the right to get to know someone who is our Heavenly Mother. Will we walk by her when we go to heaven? Will we know oh. her? <laughs> you know, that that's how I anticipate it. I anticipate walking by her because I don't know her. I don't I don't get to feel her around me, you know, because the church is saying that we can't. And 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 you know, this is this is again some of the the problems that I'm finding of, of being able to stay in the church and still be able to be okay with the things that might be okay is because I'm just finding too much pain and too much hurt for so many people and including myself that I love and and I can't be okay with that. I can't be affiliated with with a church who who are causing pain to people. I my understanding of a church is supposed to be a place of love, a place a, a place a place of peace, and and people aren't getting that experience. And you know, I, I say it to you often. I would love to be where you are, Jane, where you can still be okay with attending church and being that voice. And but I guess I concern myself that I might become that too much of a vocal voice if I attend church that's not liked but but I just I just imagine that that if this is truly God's plan that we're being taught by our leaders that our heavenly mother must be up there in so much pain because she's not being given the opportunity to get to know her earthly children. Um, Alana do you think that okay so I'm going to ask you to consider like what what would be how would we be blessed as a church if we started speaking about Heavenly Mother? Keeping in mind that this is a living church and if we have questions, um, if there, there's additional revelation or knowledge that we need, um, we're a living church. We we can we can pray to know. Um, so I, if you think about that for a second, while I, while I just point out based on what you're saying, if you're talking about how, you know, being having a place in church and and being that person who because you you're 
you need to raise your voice and and I've been I just think it's so powerful what you said but you know would we walk past our mother in heaven because we don't recognize her but here's the thing she knows us and I imagine I, I imagine that longing will help us to know her right I, I do imagine that but but let's say let let's say we didn't and we're going to walk past heavenly mother she she who loves us would pull us in she would put her hands on us and she would pull us in and she would let us know I'm the mother that you've been searching for now if our heavenly mother has a voice that I believe that she has if our heavenly mother co-created the world if our heavenly mother loves us and is co-creator with God then our heavenly mother has a voice which we are not hearing at the moment and so as, as women speak up and express their pain, as Sister Givens teaches beautiful possibilities, then I'm hearing the voice of my heavenly mother in there somewhere. It's not her voice, but there are echoes of her voice. As I listen to the poetry and the work of Sister Carolyn Pearson, of Sister Rachel Steenblick, of all of these women who are doing incredible work and in speaking to this longing that we feel, I can hear her voice. And that's why I think that if you're in a church, even when it hurts, and even when your voice is making people feel uncomfortable, I can hear Heavenly Mother in that too. Yeah. Anyway, what's your I thought? mean, I guess as I was saying that, you know, I was thinking, you know, if, if you, if we talk about, you know, when I talk about Jesus, I say, you know, he knows us, he knows our every move, he knows the things, you know, but I still, I still feel an element of... <clears throat> even though they may know all that, that surely they've still got to be learning and understanding as better as we live our earth life. I still think there's still an element, in my mind, I believe that there's still an element of that, that they're still looking down on us and seeing the things we do, even though, you know, we're taught that, you know, he knows us. He, I still believe and want to believe that there's an element of they're still learning from us. They're still seeing the changes in us and, and I think, you know, that, that that's important that she has that same experience, her Heavenly Mother. Um, One of my favorites um, about us sorry, this my podcast daughter. is so real and uh, we get to have a little bit of real life. And when Alana's daughter sneaks in for some mum hugs. Or... She's supposed to be this in bed also... asleep, yeah. might I add. See, this is a great time to ask for snacks when, when mum is, is busy. So it's like, uh, you know, yeah, go, go for it. I know what everyone can't see is that the arm's going out like, stop, go away. <laughs> Well, I'm still because you know what there's <laughs> another thing about mothers is we sometimes we need to close the door and we don't want to hear from our kids yeah. and that's uh, okay yeah. in fairness mother... i usually do have her more settled for the podcast oh, but just things yeah, yeah, we she, were out today and, a... and time ran away with us so it was a bit rushed yeah, um i'm just I, it's just because i had something else that i'd want to see and you know my mind it's it's kind of gone now um well, I was I was asking. Well, I, I was asking what kind of difference do you think it would make if we in oh. the church um, were to talk and teach more on Heavenly Mother? Well, 
I think, again, it goes along the lines of, you know, I guess this male-female thing, you know. Um, so gender issues? The men, you know, have to have a relationship with the men in heaven, you know. And we women... <laughs> I'm trying to be very careful of what I'm saying, I guess, and, and we're taught to listen to the men on earth. We're taught to do kind of what we're told. So I guess, I just don't know. I just I just can't, I can't in my head process why. I still can't, I still struggle to understand why we can't talk about our Heavenly Mother. I, I can't, I can't be, I, I don't believe in my heart that it's God's will. I can't. I'm just going to say it. Like, I was humming and hawing, I say it down? I, I can't be okay, okay in my heart that, that Heavenly Father does not want us to not know our Heavenly Mother. I think men on this earth are making some rubbishy decisions on his behalf. And I am just going to say it. I know you're saying it's okay to say that, but, you know, there is that thing out there where we're seeing many members we need communicated for saying things like this. But, you know, I've said I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. Um, I kind of made a joke, and it's not anything to be joking about, but, you know, I said to you, I've been there, done that, wore the T-shirt. You know, I've been excommunicated before, and I know what the process is, and, and if that's what needs to happen to be a voice, then then that's, that's I guess, what would need to happen. But, yeah, I, I, it's a hard question for me to really process uh, in the moment and think, what difference would it make? Um <sighs> I don't I don't want to be again I'm talking about you know the sexism and things like that I don't want it to sound like you know that the men don't deserve to have that relationship with their their heavenly mother but I guess again it's just differentiating that need for us women to have a woman who understands who gets us mm. um I mean you know I, I hear many men saying they they don't get women sometimes you know <clears throat> so you know, have Heavenly Mother gets us. She is a woman. She understands it from a woman's point of view. And so I think, I don't know, I just imagine it to be wonderful. You know, it should be wonderful. It, it should be wonderful that we're sitting in a church building talking about our Heavenly Mother to feel that peace, that love, that that longing that you talked about, you know, because so I, I understand that so many women are longing for that to happen. And this is just a recent thing for me, as I say, you know, I've never had that major feeling of needing this again, just because I think it was back to, it wasn't something I was majorly taught growing up. But now understanding that, yeah, damn right, we deserve to talk to our Heavenly Mother. Of course we do. Of course we we have the right to, to know who she is and, and understand her and, and I don't. I, I could go on and on and round in circles. I, I I guess you get the gist of of what I'm trying to say. Um, yeah. Well, because I think it's really important that as as you talk about gender, I, I mean, mm -hmm. men aren't getting to to sort of to, to be blessed by this either. Um, that that you know we we focus very much on gendered issues this is a woman's longing for for heavenly mother we're talking about mother's day we're talking you know and and really we we do ourselves such a disservice because you know 
men are going to men in the church are going to be blessed by this too if we start talking about heavenly mother then what happens is we start to think more about we start to discuss more about 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 gender issues about well what what are our divine roles are there divine roles let's let's explore them but with the the with meat behind it um we, we get to think about what kind of direction we take our church we get to think and this is possibly a, a, a lot of the the barriers to it is you know we, we get to talk about authority i wonder about the idea of of, of a female divine person that you're going to have to uh, as as a prophet as a bishop as a priesthood holder that you're going to that you're accountable to to a, a mother god i mean that's kind of radical from where we are right now um i, I, I laura heath i was has, just has, i was just about to ask i was at jane this question to... so totally for you i was just about to ask you that because <laughs> i, I couldn't answer that do you think talking about heavenly mother will open the door to polygamy again and i was totally going to give you that question anyway because it's not something i can discuss um i, I mean I think talking about it will lead inevitably to conversations about what it, it, it forces us to dig into polygamy. It forces us to ask very uncomfortable questions. Um, and you know what? I think it's important that we do because these these questions, discussions, they, they come in through the back door. Um, I am not going to be the only person who's heard people testify that polygamy will be practiced in heaven. That we have more than one heavenly mother you know that, that you have one i have one but they could be different and that may be another reason why we're holding off really digging down into this now i can happily say i do not have a testimony of polygamy or a testimony that we have multiple mothers in heaven but yeah i think i think talking about it will 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 open all of that up and so we'll have to be uncomfortable. But as we should, because when we talk about the issues that women are really facing, when we talk about what are what's really going on in our hearts and 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 not this pedestalized idea of, of the self-sacrificing angel mother, we're talking about a real woman with real pain. And so if we're going to do that, well, you're gonna hear what the pain is. We don't get to we don't get to dance around that. Um yes uh, let's talk about it you know and and the in the comments there i i don't I, do we get to be afraid of talking about heavenly mother because of a adoptional issue um yeah thank you to everyone who's commented and chatted tonight and thank you A special shout out to to my my mother who is 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 my my friend and advisor and who i love thank you for walking with us um for those yep. who've listened and don't feel the same way awesome and i bless your journey but for those of us who are mourning and are in pain we can reach out to each other we can um you know that that you you can get in touch with us the comments and chat can continue online but what i 
do feel pretty sure of, uh, and I feel to testify of that just now, is that the door is not closed. I think there, while there are times when when mothers need a break, where where we have to close and lock the door and let kids know that we're off duty for just now, <laughs> I, I I feel like I I feel like Heavenly Mother would like the door to be opened and would like us to be speaking of her and to her and therefore um, applying the things that we can learn by knowing about her. Anyway, I'll let you wrap up tonight, Alana. <laughs> Sorry, I'm gonna like. So how do go, we how do we get to know her though? If if we're not being given, I guess that would be my question. How can how can we truly get to know her if there's no information really there about her? See, and that, this that's, is why we we're go, so just to clarify as well, we're going to be doing podcast episodes on Heavenly Mother. We had planned yep. to do that way before this weekend happened, but we're yep. in, you know, we're we're mourning this weekend, so absolutely, you know, we're, we we needed to talk. Um, I think we need to be able to pray to her. I think yep. we need to be able to be taught to see her. We have lessons of how can we how can we feel the spirit in our lives, or how can we see the hand of God in our lives. I mean, it is really that simple. Um. And you know what? Here's the thing. Let's let's just get honest here. Women are uh, men too. I apologise. You know what? I, 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 I'm speaking to my gender here, and uh, so that is happening. Women are praying to the Heavenly Mother. Women are finding comfort in doing that. Women are expressing their um, testimonies, their knowledge, their connection of Heavenly Mother through art. Women are blessing each other. All of these things that are happening are happening under the radar because we can't speak about it because our voices are silenced. Um, I, I, I mourn that. It's, it's, it's not as if, like you know, whenever something like this, something like that, like suddenly we have to make all of these changes or the manuals need to change to include, you know, something. Yeah, that would be lovely, but. I think just open your eyes and see what, see what the, see what's being done. Listen to what the sisters are talking about. Um, Carolyn Pearson has done so much. We there is a fantastic essay, um, you know, from a research team at BYU that Sister Rachel Steinblick, um, another poetess in Zion, had had been working on called A Mother There. There is so much out there. But we are, it, it's become the the secret, like, like we, we don't really like to talk about polygamy. We don't really like to, she's still a controversial subject. Our Heavenly Mother is still a controversial subject. So I, I say just, you know what? I live in a motherless house. Can we open the door and just let her in because she's there? Can we open the curtains and just start seeing her? Can we... And and our, you know what I have to do. This is what I have to do. There is a local Roman Catholic church midway up my hill. It's I mean I I could fall out of bed and land in this this beautiful place, and it's and it's reverent. It has lovely stained glass art. It's a place where we'll go and spend a little bit a little bit of sacred downtime. I feel the presence of God there. It's not my spiritual home. But I find, you know, it's it's a it's a good place to 
just be able to feel the spirit, little oasis. And out in the grounds, there is um, really, really nice gardens. And I will go there and I will feel the spirit. Like, you know, like whenever you're in the temple grounds and you've got that, um, you know, it's sort of architecturally designed for you to feel the spirit. And I, I was thinking a lot about that as I would spend time just sort of sitting up in this garden. I particularly go when it's really late at night or when I'm anxious and uh, foxes start to come out and rabbits will have a peek. And it's so full of life and nature and creation, cycling through. It, it, it's just it's just beautiful. And there I feel the presence of Heavenly Mother. And then uh, maybe about two years ago now, they had unearthed this, um, this statue that had been stored away for a really long time, a statue of the Virgin Mary, Our Lady of Lourdes. And they, they, they've, they've placed this life-size statue in the middle of this, um, this green area. Um, and when I go there, I talk to Heavenly Mother. And I know that it's not Heavenly Mother, but it's a whisper and an echo. And I feel like, oh, you're so lucky, you people who can worship this way because you have a divine feminine. And, you know, while we have a slightly, you know, different theology, but there's something, there's something concrete you can hold on to. There is a thing I can go and look at and think, Heavenly Mother, I miss you. Heavenly Mother, I can feel your presence in the trees and the creation all around me and the life. And I love that. And people will go and leave offerings of flowers and uh, they have that. They have that. So, yeah, we that's, need that's it. my... We, we need to we need to talk yeah we, we absolutely just need to talk about it. all so, right yeah, so just aware that we've been going for about an hour and a half now um so again we just want to thank everyone who's joined us either via facebook or youtube to 21st century saints um click that little bell <laughs> the bell yeah um so yeah basically just thank you so much for for tuning in um we are so thankful um that that we have people who are willing to listen um and especially since we're just starting out and and we just i guess we saw the need to talk about a lot of these things um so just a little reminder for our podcast on wednesday um we have nemo and peter blickley one not to be missed share it mm -hmm. far and wide get the word out there um We're and yeah so again yep. just yep so wednesday at eight wednesday yep, at eight, wednesday at eight. Right um so we hope to to have you tune in then thank you for all your wonderful comments and all your wonderful questions and just have a great week and have a great rest of your sunday and we will speak to you all soon thank you bye everyone